Welcome to the MLM.com podcast. I'm Nancy Tobler, your host. Today, I'm very excited to have Mark Rollins on as our first guest after we have relaunched MLM.com. Mark is, in my mind, the compensation plan expert. He has done commissions his whole career. He first founded 2021, and they were a commission software company, and then he founded InfoTrack Systems, a commission software company. He then founded MLM Compensation Consulting, and that's the group he's with now. It's exciting to hear him talk about a new, new organization, a new company, so we're excited to hear him talk about that. On today's podcast, we'll talk about Mark's history a little. We'll talk about the history of MLM.com, which was fun. It was fun for me to reminisce. Uh, Mark, uh, MLM.com goes back to 1997, and Mark has been involved with it for most of that time. We'll talk about his philosophy of MLMCC or MLM Compensation Consulting, his new company. Then we'll dive into what will be the topic for the first few months that we are relaunching MLM.com, and that is the revolution we're seeing in the direct sales industry. He'll talk a little bit about the COVID effect and how companies are and will compete with Amazon. So let's get into it. Mark, it's good to have you with us. It's great to be with you. Uh, I thought we'd start off uh, and do a thought about Alan Luce since he passed the, in, in this last few weeks. Go ahead. Give your thoughts and I'll add mine. Okay, great. So uh, I worked with Alan on a big project when I was at InfoTrax. And the thing that I loved about him is he just did not have an ego involved in his proposals. Uh, he would make a proposal and we would discuss it and he would he would look at other people's proposals and we would discuss it and he just didn't uh, ever seem to worry about whose proposal was actually chosen. Uh, j- just no ego. The, uh, the other thing I was going to say about Alan is just a few months ago, uh, we interviewed him and he was just so gracious with his time and he was well prepared and he had uh, very cogent thoughts about the history of direct selling in particular party plans and how they had evolved and he was just so gracious that's uh, uh that's what i would say about alan just just no ego involved and just helpful uh very helpful to anybody so i've known alan loose since in the 90s and uh, the thing that I always was so impressed about with Alan is Alan, you know, had, had executive roles in some of the largest direct selling companies out there. And he, he worked with distributors. So he wasn't somebody up in an ivory tower who thought about this and then wrote compensation plans uh, based on what he thought they should be. He wrote them based on his experience of what distributors needed. Uh, the other thing is, is Alan was always open, was always learning new things. And that was because he was open to learning new things. If Alan said something he disagreed with, he was willing to discuss it. And on several discussions we had, he changed his mind on a few things. And I changed my mind on some things. Because uh, my background is quite different than the mountains. I never really 
I didn't work with the distributors. I had my software company and uh, that, you know, 35 or 37 years of uh, owning a software company that provided service to MLM. So my experience came with actually working with the data and see how various compensation plans worked, what, what caused growth, what stopped growth. Uh, and so I came at it from the data perspective and he came at it from the distributor perspective. And so Alan and I had several wonderful conversations at DSA when we were both skipping out on sessions we didn't care for. Uh, and, and, and like you said, he was just so kind, so gracious, so humble, even though he knew more than I think anyone else in the compensation to plan design group, which is there's not a lot of us. Uh, he knew more than anyone else about actually working with distributors. But yet, just talking to him, you wouldn't know that. He certainly didn't wear it on his sleeve. And, uh, and, and I, I will just truly miss that relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Just a great person, just a great person and very intelligent and easy to work with. So um, we're here with Mark Rollins. He is now the founder of a new company, MLMCC, Multi-Level Marketing Compensation Consulting. And uh, we are also launching MLM.com, relaunching MLM.com. It has been around for a while. Uh, so uh, first, Mark, maybe just tell us a little bit about your history in direct selling. Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, I've owned MLM.com since 1997 uh, with Nancy as the editor. But at InfoTrack, uh, as, I, as I was no longer in charge of marketing, the marketing department decided not not to kind of backshell MLM.com. And uh, but when I retired and my stock was bought out, I got MLM.com in that deal. So now we're going to relaunch it because I think. This industry needs more than anything else a website devoted to the starting and running of direct sales company, international implications, compensation plan, uh, thoughts, uh, and we need to have lots of points of view. So we're hoping to get uh, quite a few podcasts uh, with different industry experts to learn from them. And then obviously our readers can learn from that. And that's all tied up in the reason I bought MLM.com 
was I had been in the MLM software business since uh, 1982. And uh, by 1997, uh, we were doing a lot of business with a lot of companies. And the 90s were kind of the Wild West days of multi-level. Um, and so uh, I, I ended up having two companies, which is too long of a story to go into. Um, but they were successful software companies serving the MLM industry. And Nancy worked at the, at the second one, Infotrax, uh, which I founded in 1998. Yeah, I started working there in 1999. So, and we had MLM.com from, from 1997. So Nancy started building out the content on MLM.com. And and it took us a while to really. I think we I think we should tell people that we have 635 articles on there right now. Frankie looked it up, and 39 podcasts, and all of that is free to our audience. Right, and the goal is that uh, that that we have a value for anyone who wants to start or is in the management position of an MLM company and that we talk about the issues that are pertinent today. Uh, yes. And, uh, and uh, like I said, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing the, the one thing I always loved in being in the software business was uh, helping companies with their compensation plans. We built uh, over the last 20 years, um, a lot of analytics, uh, our ways to look at the data, to understand uh, where a company is going, uh, you know, what their retention rates are, other things. And uh, right. and now that we're doing it full time, there's a whole lot more we can do with that. So anyway, so like I said, my experience is that uh, well, I started two software companies. In 2008, there was a little startup that we took on named doTERRA, and they grew phenomenally. Never seen a company grow so fast and so for eight years it was it was an all-consuming effort just to adapt our software to be able to handle that much traffic because we were always quite upfront with people that we could handle people up to three or four hundred million dollars a year but doTERRA was growing fast, so fast they couldn't get off of our system and so we had no choice but to roll up our sleeves and dig in and improve the speed. So we learned a lot during then, but I was not able to do compensation consulting, you know, 
design, analysis, uh, looking at client uh, companies' data. If they had a question, why why do we lose so many people between silver and gold? You know, those are the kind of questions we got very good at answering. So anyway, that's yeah. what we're, that's my history and that's why MLM Consulting and uh, we're launching MLM.com in order to publish articles that are relevant to the times. And by the way, the industry is going through a revolution right now that is every bit as big as the revolution that started in the early 1980s and ended at about 2000. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's uh, our first series of articles will be on that revolution, and uh, we'll be we'll be talking a lot about social media. But I think another thing that's happened that sort of uh, created that will also uh, we're we're looking to have Spencer Reese. He's already agreed to be on the podcast, so we'll have him back. Who's a uh, lawyer who's worked in the industry for a long time as well and he's also our very first podcast host and our last podcast not host but uh yes guest thank you that's the word i was looking for and he's just always very generous with his time and he'll talk about the ftc and some of these ftc rulings that sort of uh, started a change and now he'll also talk about the current ftc rulings and what those tell us perhaps about where the industry is going to go in the future. So Mark, uh, in, in deciding to start a, a consulting company, we you, you sort of have a philosophy about commission consulting. Would you like to talk to us about that? We design commission plans for people. We've designed dozens of commission plans over the years uh, for our clients, and we, we've seen how well they work, and we see how well they don't work. Uh, there's two things that I have learned in the process of designing compensation plans. The first is what I call the Alice in Wonderland effect. Alice asked somebody. The Cheshire Cat. Uh, yeah, there's a fork in the road. She says, which road should I take? And he says, where do you want to go? She said, I don't know. So he said, it doesn't matter what road you take. And a lot of times when people are starting companies, they come to me and say, I want the best compensation plan. Well, the best compensation plan for a company is largely dependent on who are their initial salespeople and do they buy into it? Uh, what's your product? For example, if the average person uh, buys $75 a month, then uh, saying that you have to buy $100 a month to be considered active uh, is counterproductive. So you have to take the product and the people who uh, – in order to decide which road to take, you have to, to 
to, to take a lot of things into account. And then when you go international, there's a lot of countries that have different cultures uh, than ours. They don't have UPS. So the distributor actually does distribute the product. You know, they get on the train for two hours, go into Mexico City into the office, and they pick up 20 or 30 or 40 orders and haul it back on the train and then distribute it to the people in their neighborhood. So in Mexico, you need to compensate distributors a little different than in the United States where really they are connecting a, 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 a consumer with the company and they don't have as much work involved in it. The second yeah. thing that my two pillars uh, are is that you have to be able to look at the data and we have a baseline of data that is an aggregate of successful companies and non-successful companies to, uh, to analyze in order to make the analysis of a company's plan, either a company that's up and running and you know, their growth is stalled or whatever, we can look at the data and see where the holdup is. So right. those are kind of the twin pillars, I believe, of, of doing commission consulting, but that's commission design, commission analysis, commission validation. Right. Which all of those things we can do. Uh, we can also help you, you know, write a commission and we can also create data and model that commission plan as well. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about COVID. What do you think or uh, how, how do you see the, I'm calling it the COVID effect? Um, so the COVID effect is, is that it took what was kind of a slow moving revolution and turbocharged it because companies were using uh, video conferencing a little bit, but not a lot. Uh, and they were doing video meetings, um, but not a lot. But when COVID came along, parties now had to be done online and conventions had to be done online and other things. And so it really opened companies' eyes and forced distributors to learn how to use products like Zoom and uh, others. Uh, Zoom's the one I'm most familiar with. And it certainly got the largest market share. Yeah, we hope we hope to get um, Zoom on as well. Uh, 
we've we've invited them so we'll see we'll see if we can get zoom to talk to us about that growth yeah uh and we actually did deal with zoom five years right. ago right uh, at, at info tracks which was a great deal to do but it was too early because yeah. people just weren't i mean we had a couple of clients who used it very successfully but it turbocharged their usage. We had one company that was doing 100,000 minutes a month, January uh, 2020. And by January of 2021, they were doing over a million minutes. So they had grown tenfold. Yeah, yeah. I, I follow the top 110 companies. So I wear two hats. I've, I've worked with MLM.com since I think 2001, if, if I remember, Mark. And I also do data analysis, so I, I wear two hats and I follow about 110 companies and have for the last three years. And uh, 52 of them grew by 5%, but we had a couple uh, that just skyrocketed. And uh, one of those was uh, Infotrex client. Some of them went, you know, 100% growth, just phenomenal online became a reality for companies that were going to grow lots of online things online marketing online uh communication with the field force and we're never going to go back to the old days where conventions were always 20,000 people piling into an arena. Uh, I think there may be some of those, but I think there will be a lot of smaller conventions and smaller things done as virtual meetings because that allows the VP of sales to have so much more reach. Uh, you know, they can do a regional event uh, every day. I expect that within two or three years, every company you walk into of any size will have a studio for hosting um, meetings. Yeah. yeah, I've talked to a couple of companies. Uh, both of them uh, dreaded doing uh, virtual meetings during COVID and after the meetings were over uh said they they would always include an online component even when they do a live meeting uh, i thought that was uh, really interesting to hear and we <clears throat> you know the news some of some people had like a hundred thousand people attend their conference because it was online yeah uh humans are uh, tribal people and we don't like being locked up in our homes uh, and not being able to hug other people. So there will always be an in-person component. Right. Well, once we get back to where you can really do that. Um, I thought we were getting close and then this new strain of COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, so um, I just think that we will go back to in-person meetings, but we will not leave 
all of the online skills and capabilities that uh, that have been used by the successful companies in 2020. You know, the companies that really learned how to, how to use it. For example, telling people they can market on Facebook. That's fine. But the company needs to train their distributors on how to market online. They need to have yeah. material that the distributors can download and maybe personalize. Maybe yeah. not in some cases. Uh, in most cases, I think the content will stand on its own and they'll just write a personal note above it. So, yeah, yeah, there has to be some sort of personalization because social media is about the personal, right? It's it's not about, it's not, I mean, lots of businesses are online, but uh, so, social media is about relationships and uh, which I think it, makes a nice dovetail to uh, direct selling because it is it that's what direct selling is is it's about relationships it's about uh, your Mary Kay distributor contacting you during COVID when no one else has contacted you in a year just to see how you're doing not to sell you mascara but to check on you and you, you know uh, I was thinking too that it's not just companies that are going to do hybrid. I think distributors will do hybrid as well, where they'll have an online component to their face-to-face -face parties. But I thought maybe we'd talk just a minute, and Frankie will tell me if there's something I've missed. Uh, Frankie is our producer. Uh, I thought maybe we'd talk about the Amazons of the world and wh why you don't think they're a threat. I, I, I think if you go back to 2010, people thought that Amazon was going to ruin direct selling and many direct selling companies were talking about uh, Amazon being their competitor. Uh, what do you think? Why didn't Amazon turn out to be, why did so many companies do well? They just, so many of them, 5%, just up 5%. That just was so common. Yeah, I remember and, and, in, and, in 2002, I got a white paper discussing whether how whether or not direct selling companies could survive in a world of Amazons as everything got online. But what, what the world discovered is um, being able to buy product online is fine, but you want to have some confidence that what you're buying is real uh, you know, Amazon has a problem where uh, they'll create a knockoff product uh, of uh, some other, of something that's on Amazon and sells well, but sells at a lower price. And that's because it's not the same product. Uh, and so you, you, we're, we're back to the point where uh, you know, you need the the person who's buying the product. Uh, first off, they need to feel comfortable that the recommendations that they're seeing are valid. And, yeah, real people, not right, robots. Right, and the, 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 the problem with that Amazon's never solved, that 
uh, none of them have ever solved is uh, people rating the product because companies have figured out how to create bots that will post a myriad of false ratings uh, that are very positive. And so yeah. you can't trust the rating system. And so it turned out that direct sales was critical to that because, uh, yes, I can buy the product online. I can call the company up and return the product if I need to. But my sister Nancy used that product and said, this is a great product. You should try it. And that means yep. more than anything else uh, I can I can get, right? Yeah, right. Well, you think about the things you you take, right? Uh, lots of lots of things we do because someone we know recommended it, and that is what direct selling does for us. So. Yeah, so great. We're uh, we're excited. We're excited to relaunch MLM.com. Uh, Mark and I are uh, um, launching MLM-TC, and we're excited about that. And hope uh, some of you who are listening might be interested in what we're doing there. And uh, we look forward to these first few articles. Uh, Frankie and I have been working on them uh, in depth. Uh, we want to provide you, as always, a data-driven approach whenever possible. We try to give you numbers and we try to give you what the research says, in addition to Mark's wonderful experience and other people's wonderful experiences in direct selling. So we try to do both of those things. So thank you, Mark. We appreciate you sharing your expertise with us today and taking time out to be on our first relaunch of the MLM.com podcast. I want to also thank Jana Bangader and Joshua Birch, who make this all possible. I couldn't do it without them, and I appreciate their uh, professionalism and their help. So this has been the MLM.com podcast, bringing you insights and information, and we hope you'll listen to our next one with Nikki Kiahoho. Thank you.